If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about poly-friendly professionals like counselors and therapists and what you need to know when seeking out professional help for yourself or for your relationships. It's funny because when I wrote that phrase, seeking out professional help, it's like, it's got such a negative stigma to it. Like the phrase itself, I feel like... professional help? Yeah, I feel like, oh, you need professional help. Or like, like, when you say that... But no, but like (laughs) people still like have a hard time. I mean, sometimes when people have been like, hey, maybe you should see a therapist for that. I guess my gut visceral reaction is like, no, oh my God, I'm I'm crazy. (laughs) But no, I mean, I have seeked out therapy in the best and it's been really awesome. Um, Yeah, definitely. And we're going to get into our personal stories a little bit later with that about how it has been really helpful in our lives. Um, And and this is something we bring up because... Uh, it's come up in some discussions lately, but also yeah. in our five ways to suck less at communication, we do talk about the importance of having resources for your relationship that are outside of the relationship, right? Whether it's yeah. friends or a discussion yeah. group. Or... That, that's It's number five because it is kind of funny because, you know, we go through like, these are great tools for communicating, but mm-hmm. one of these tools is communicate with someone who's not your partner. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, yeah. very important. And, and that can be very challenging because, you know, for poly people, they don't always have access to the same outlets that monogamous people do. Because, you know... In if terms you're, of, like, friends and coworkers. Yeah, because if you're and... monogamous and you're having issues or you just want to be listened to or you just want to tell a story to somebody about what's happening in your relationship to bounce ideas off them or whatever that maybe you can go to your friends you can go to your parents you can go to your siblings maybe you can even go to your coworkers if you're close enough to them but for someone who's in a non-traditional relationship those yeah. outlets aren't necessarily there definitely mm-hmm. right that they might just jump to immediately saying well polyamory is clearly the problem <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. right yeah. and i think we've all come across that to some degree or another yeah um, i found for myself i've just had a lot of friends who I just don't talk to about relationship stuff anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. not that I don't talk to them about my relationships, but I don't come to them when I'm like, hey, man, I'm really having trouble figuring this thing out. I just don't come with that sort of thing anymore because I don't feel like they get it. They'd just be like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, yeah, it sounds like you would have that problem. Or (laughs) I've gotten gotten that kind of reaction a lot. Yeah. 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 And I did come across two people recently who um, are actually in monogamous relationships, but who said counseling kind of saved their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, These two people who were married and they said that they were going to break up, but then counseling kind of saved their marriage Mm -hmm. or saved their, them from breaking up. And then they later married. But then on the flip side, I have a, a different couple that I know who actually listens to our podcast, but still are monogamous. And mm-hmm. they so that they routinely just go to couples counseling just as a preventative measure, yeah. not really to like fix anything, but just to well, that's keep excellent. exactly yeah. just to keep them sort of in check with one another and in tune, kind of with the way in which they're choosing to communicate. Yeah, totally right. I mean, it's sort of the you know the analogy would be 
you know, going to a doctor or someone who does homeopathic medicine yeah. or an acupuncturist or a chiropractor or whatever it is regularly to like keep you your go. health as good as it can be. Yeah. Instead of waiting until you have a bad problem. Totally. Exactly. And, totally and, and and going to the unfortunate it. thing, and I've experienced this personally because of, you know, being mm. a coach that yeah. sometimes actually most of the time, by the time a couple does seek out professional help, uh, it's usually too late for the relationship. Yeah, that's you know? interesting. Or, or it's going to be very, very difficult to turn things around, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate because sometimes it gets people to that point of mm-hmm. of desperation where yeah. things are so broken and things are so painful that that is what forces them to finally get help. And sometimes it does work out for them, but a lot yeah. of times it doesn't. Like, a lot of times it is just, like, too far gone. That's really tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, though, even if you are... You know, even if it is to that point where it's just like, man, this this sucks, like, I need to get out of this relationship, it's unhealthy, whatever it is, that still going to therapy together can be really helpful for that. Sure. You know, to make that a smoother transition, make yeah. that a healthier transition, help you, you know, figure out what it is you needed to get from that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, so that's not to say that, that therapy or counseling or coaching or something couldn't still be really helpful mm-hmm. in that case. Um, but like, not to necessarily use it as like a last ditch effort in right. a relationship. But ideally, it'd be something you could have earlier. Yeah. In terms of also, you were saying that uh, you know you know a couple who said that going to counseling together saved their relationship. Yeah. I also find that, especially with polyamorous people, I have heard from a number of people that just finding a poly community, or even I have had people say that just finding our podcast mm-hmm. helped save their relationship because it let them know they're not alone. It like gave yeah. them other people to bounce ideas off of and hear other people think about it. So it's not just like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. All here all alone. Right. Mm-hmm. That it's like, Oh, other people go through these same things. Mm-hmm. They've survived it. They've found ways to make it happy. And for sure. All that. Yeah. So for those of you listening out there, uh, you know, just to bear in mind, you know, even if your relationships are feeling pretty good right now, you may consider, you know, doing an occasional appointment mm-hmm. with one of your partners or all your partners or each partner separately mm-hmm. uh, with some kind of polyfriendly professional just to mm-hmm. kind of check up on things and see how things are going and yeah. see if there's anything that you need to work on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's delve into some terms because honestly, like the difference between like a therapist or a coach or a psychiatrist, especially when I first started getting into this field, I had no idea what the difference was. Yeah. Right. Other yes. than like sometimes a difference in price. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so a psychiatrist. It's well, yeah. A okay. So doctor. we're yeah. So we're gonna we made a little list here. Yeah. So we'll we'll go through this. So yeah, Emily, start us off. Here. So an MD is someone who has to go to medical school, for example, um, and they specialize in preventing, diagnosing, and treating mental illness. So basically, the key takeaway here is that a psychiatrist, yes, is the one who can give you drugs. Yeah, Correct. that's 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 always what I tell my clients. Is yeah. I'm like, I'm not the one who can give you drugs. Yes. <laughs> they can write a prescription. Right. Yeah. That, yes. that, that they also have the most schooling, whether mm-hmm. or not you think that is relevant to the kind of care you would get. But they're the ones who are medical doctors, right? Yes. So they can write prescriptions. They can you know, monitor your health, can see how your physical health is reacting with your mental health, right? Like they are that, that no, no. one else could write you that ADD prescription. No. Some, some states allow certain like nurse practitioners and things like that who mm. are trained in counseling to do it. But for the most part, this is the person you go to if drugs 
are what you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is a psychologist. And, you know, people often confuse the term psychologist and psychiatrist. Right. Um, the difference being that a psychologist is someone who's, they're not a doctor, they're not an MD, mm-hmm. but they have a doctoral degree. So like they a have PhD. A, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Specifically in psychology. Um, and so they can do a psychotherapy. They can do, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. if, they're, mm-hmm. if they're trained in that. Um, they can be counselors as well. They can diagnose mental disorders, things like that. Right. And oftentimes they will work with a psychiatrist um, so that if they do decide, I do think this patient would benefit from some, uh, you know, medical uh, like drug treatment as well. Could you diagnose them too and write a prescription? But they're so so like they'll be the one doing the therapy and the psychiatrist writes the prescriptions when they work together. Interesting. Uh, So next we have a therapist. And, and see, this I didn't know right, until so, you looked it up. So this is where it gets a little bit trickier as we go down the list. So a therapist um, is generally someone who has a master's degree in psychology or in a related field such as like family counseling mm-hmm. or uh, social work or like mm-hmm. something like that can be a therapist. Um, and they've passed, there is a national therapist exam that they can take to become certified, yeah. but the states vary too. Some states have their own tests and some don't have that. Like therapist is, uh, the term is a protected title. So psychiatrist is a protected title, meaning mm. you can't have this unless you have these requirements. Yeah. Therapist and counselor, which is our next one, vary by state. Yeah. So just so you're aware in your state or in your country, this could be a little bit different. You will have to do a little of your own research. But yeah. basically that the therapist is someone who has a master's degree, uh, level of education, and uh, you know has some training in this and are generally certified by some certifying body. <laughs> uh, and then the next one, counselor, which is basically has a lot of overlap with that, is also someone who has a master's degree in psychology, counseling, or a related field, and are usually licensed in their state, although... Not always, like I was saying. Yeah, okay. It's hard. It's hard in the United States, you guys. Like it really varies that from state, state sovereignty. to state on all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then the final one on the list, a coach. <laughs> and there's someone who helps clients achieve specific outcomes and better their lives, but they don't diagnose, they don't treat mental illness, they don't treat medical issues. Um, and then the difference with this one is that there are private organizations that certify coaches. It's not a protected title that it's regulated by mm-hmm. government agencies. Yeah, right. so that was something a that I learned yeah, yeah. when I was seeking out my coaching certification that mm-hmm. I learned in the state of California for someone to call themselves a coach. They don't require anything at all. Oh, right. wow. And Which, most, no, really most states are that way. Yeah. So most states. Stevie, so, yeah. Stevie. over here. <laughs> So, so that's a, coach. a little bit of a word of warning to yeah. people out there. If you are seeking someone who is a coach... Um, you know, it doesn't mean that all coaches are bullshit, but it also means that not all coaches know their stuff. Yeah, you know, not so, all coaches so look are into awesome. what their education has been if they have any kind of certification. Um, you know, even though I could have just like slapped the coaching label on myself and just started coaching, like I knew right. that I wanted to get some training and some certification right. first. So I yeah. went through a private organization mm-hmm. to get certified. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the only way to become certified as a coach is through some private organizations that yeah. offer classes or whatever. Um, generally, people. Who like Dedeker, who are coaches, like are always kind of learning more things, mm-hmm, going sure. to new workshops, stuff yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, on the coaching side, it is more about kind of focusing on client goals, focusing on them mm-hmm. kind of getting to the next stage of whatever it is they want. Um, 
rather than necessarily trying to diagnose any kind of mental illness or anything yeah. like that. Right. Well, in and, fact, like that's very much not their job. Not their, is yeah. to diagnose. No. Like if you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, that's a question for like a therapist you know, or that, a psychiatrist. That's when I refer or, people. To, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good. lot of my clients right. will do therapy in conjunction. Yeah. That's coaching awesome. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and specifically, there's a lot of different types of coaches. There can be like mm-hmm. a life goal coach, there's right? Career coaches. Exactly. There's, but then Dedeker specifically right. a relationship, relationship coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So again, it's an analogy I've heard is that a coach or a counselor also are more about focusing on where you are right now mm-hmm. and helping you get to where you want to be Yeah. versus a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist who their focus is more on looking at the past, how mm-hmm. you've become what you are now and how to try to fix mm-hmm. some of those like things. Unpacking past trauma right. or yeah, yeah, things yeah. from your childhood. So like that's less PTSD. of something that a coach yeah. or a counselor would Definitely. do. Yeah. 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 So uh, all of us have a little bit of personal experience mm-hmm. with with these on multiple levels, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I've I've had sessions with coaches, I've had sessions with therapists, both mm-hmm. individually and with partners at the same time. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> okay, tell us more about that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, my experiences getting counseling together with a partner... Um, I haven't done it very often, so it's been like all fifty-fifty yeah. for me. That mm-hmm. you know, the one time it was actually really good with this particular partner, and then yeah. one time it turned out to not be so great with mm-hmm. one partner. Right. Um, I found that it really, really requires both people to be totally on board. Oh, for sure. You know, um, that makes sense. Like, obviously, people have to be on board. People kind of already have to be in a mindset of like we're on the same team and mm-hmm. we want to fix this, and this is a step in fixing this. Can um, I can I tell my therapist joke? What, you may. How many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? How many? What do you think? Just one, but the light bulb has to want to change. Oh god! I mean, it's true though. It's true. didn't you say this at our discussion group? You said like you can't teach anyone something, something that they don't, they don't already, already know. know. Yeah, sure. There yeah. you go. Yeah, and I think and I've seen that. Um, uh, that. Like, it's, yeah, but that's the thing is, like, the couple already has to be in this kind of, like, team mindset that we're, mm-hmm. we're trying mm-hmm. to be on the same side here. Um, that we both do want to change. Not as, just... well, as opposed to, I'm trying to get uh, the therapist on my side well, or on the totally. other person's side. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. Yeah, which like can when, be very easy You can't go into it with a combative mindset. Yeah. Like, if mm-hmm. one person does that and just wants reassurance yeah. of, like, which... they're being validated in their choices and mm-hmm. in their actions. Which right. the sad thing is because people wait so long to go to therapy often, yeah. it's, it's already gotten to that point where yeah. it's right. me versus you rather than right. us versus the problem. And I just want to win rather yeah. than us yeah. solve a problem For together. Sure. For sure. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. What about you guys? Um, I mean, I went to therapy when I was in college, and mm-hmm. it was not for a very long time. Like, you could do it, I think, f- through the college's health insurance uh-huh. for, like, ten times or something. Mm-hmm. And it it was with a master's student or a, or a mm-hmm. doctoral student or something at the okay. college. Got it. And it basically, it amounted to me sitting there and just sobbing for the entire hour. <laughs> well, some and, of these you know, need that. No, and yeah. I mean, it was very, like, therapeutic in a way. I don't know if I learned a lot or if I got a lot out of it specifically because mm. the gentleman who I did it with was lovely, but... I believe, like, he really just kind of sat there and listened, mm-hmm. which is a form of therapy. Well, actually, if I could pivot off that really yeah. quick. Please, yeah. yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, a really effective uh, therapy session that I had, the therapist 
at the very outset, she told me, you know, people kind of fall into these three different yes. modes. And I've heard that before. Yeah, of working. Like, sometimes people go to a therapist and they just need someone to listen. Yeah. Like, right. like I just want to sit here and sob and cry or yell or shout or just vent everything and mm-hmm. I just need somebody to listen. And then mm-hmm. through me talking through my problems, that's how I kind of come to my own solutions right. and my own yeah. catharsis and breakthrough. Well, Wait, Okay, so that's, that's one. one. Well, I want to hear the other okay, two. Okay. Some people, yeah. and some people, it's a little bit more of a back and forth. Like, they want to have kind of more of a question answer yeah. like dialogue yeah. period. It'll be like, mm-hmm. well, what do you think about that? Or maybe the client will even ask the therapist, well, no, well, what do you think about this? Huh. Right. You know, and yeah. back and forth. And yeah. then some people need more of a... Um, like a drill sergeant. Yeah. And this is usually like for situations where like there's addiction or if someone's in like a really bad abusive relationship where like they need someone to tell them mm-hmm. very straight up, like, no, you mm-hmm. need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Yeah. Um, well, and is it their job to figure that out or are they already like coming at all of their therapy sessions from one mindset? I mean, I know that for myself as a coach, like I try to, I mean, I just try to be there and try to figure out basically as soon as possible what kind of style this person needs. Yeah, Because some people, if they're very savvy, you can straight up ask them, but not everybody's very aware. That makes sense. And and it was, it was fascinating to me that like, I would be really, you know, I went to art school and I would be a motive there. But um, I would kind of just like put on this facade of being happy all the time. And then I would sit in that chair and just Just fucking cry and lose my Mm -hmm. shit immediately. It was like as soon as you didn't have to have that guard up. Yeah. And it was was cathartic and really fascinating from that standpoint that I didn't have Mm -hmm. to like think about it. It just occurred. It was really interesting. Yeah. So my my experience was was a little bit different than that, a lot different than that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, also my my first time going uh, was in was also in college, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in a pretty uh, had a very stressful relationship. I had oh, a lot yeah. of stress with that, and this, um, you know, I had at the time I had health insurance through my dad, and it covered you know again like up to a certain amount of of mental health stuff. Yeah. And so what I went to was um, a psychologist. Because I knew that at this time I specifically didn't want a drug solution to anything, um, but was just, you know, wanted someone to, like, help me figure some stuff out. Yeah. And so I was a little more in that category of, like, I wanted the back and forth kind of thing. And the guy that I went to, his deal uh, was that he was specifically a behavioralist, mm. meaning, you know, the way he described it is, like, I'm about looking at what's happening and trying to see how you can you know, change the way you're thinking about things and change results through like directly affecting what's going on right now. Yeah. As opposed to psychoanalysis, which is more about like analyzing the past and sure. trying to figure out that sort of stuff. He's like, this is more focused in right now. Yeah. And for me, I only did a few sessions as well. Uh, and it has to this day hugely affected the way that I look at relationships oh. and has given me so much more what it specifically what I got out of it was it gave me a lot more agency in understanding that if I was in a really unhappy and really negative relationship, that it wasn't my job to stay in it to fix the other person, mm. which yeah. was something that's, that's that kept me in a lot of relationships yeah. longer than than I should have. Oh, and, yeah. and that's still happened since then. But but you know, being able to think back to those things has helped me to, uh, you know, stay, stay more aware of that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a huge realization for me at the time. And, um, and kind of the understanding that, you know, other people to a certain extent are out of your control mm-hmm. and that just because they're having a hard time or whatever, doesn't mean that 
it doesn't mean that it's your responsibility to fix it. And also, like, you might not be the right person to fix it. Yeah. It's not even just like, oh, whatever, it's not my job. But, like, you might actually, actually probably <laughs> are not the person who is best equipped to help them. No. Maybe, but... maybe you're in such a position that you could never be the one to help them in terms of, like, you're just not the right person for that. Whether it's because of your relationship to them, because of your personality, something. Like, that that it's all going to backfire when you well, try it. And that that's okay. Yeah. That's not a failure of you. No, and I think all three of us have tended to be people who want to, like, help and fix. And, <laughs> right. you know, it really, sure. like, make better the partners who we're with. And often it's yeah. just not possible. Yeah. And that's also not our jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I was going to say, though, that I did go to, this time, a counselor years mm -hmm. later yeah. uh, when I was living in Seattle. And with her, it was much more about, like, I came in for my first appointment, and she's like, what is it that you, like, want in your life? What is it you want to get out of this? I was like, I want to be a rock star. Yeah, I remember when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, like, lost her shit. She's like, that's the best answer I've ever gotten to that question. Yes. <laughs> well, you're job. kind of a rock star now. You are. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and it's funny is thinking like back to that, thinking back to that, I moved a little bit from, at the time, I literally wanted to be a musician, you know, be a rock yeah, star yeah, type yeah. of person. Yeah. And have moved to like, still there's elements of that. Like we felt like rock stars on tour. Yeah. Uh, but that more of like a metaphorical rock star than an actual literal rock star, which no. is funny. But in that, it was not really about my relationships at all. Mm. It was just about me. It was about figuring out some of that self-talk that I had about like the judgment that I felt people were giving me when I was doing a show and yeah. being like, oh, people are like hating it. They think I suck. Yeah. And she's like, well, did anyone tell you that they hate you or they exactly. think you suck? And like those sorts of questions. We all need that kind of shit once Sorry, in a while. I'm giving Jace a very pointed know. look right now because he still does I that. still struggle with that. I you still do that. So do I. So do yeah. I. I'm like, oh my God, it's a matinee and they weren't fucking laughing at me <laughs> during my production of Company. And then I'm like, well, they're all old. They're well, not going to be laughing right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. Oh, but matinee audiences are challenging. Yeah, matinees are always challenging. Yeah. It's, it's all right. It's challenging to be a matinee audience, too. Yeah. I, I yeah. can imagine. Because it's like 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, I know. Like, and you're like, like well. do I need to laugh right now? Am I going to do that? Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just 
keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. So I do want to direct people. There are two main resources that I found to be very useful, specifically for polyamory-friendly professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two directories online. One of them's called the KAP directory. That stands for the Kink Aware Professionals directory. Mm -hmm. Um, I would give you the URL, but it's like super long and convoluted. So just Google it. Just type in KAP directory or CAP Mm -hmm. directory or Kink Aware Professionals directory and you'll find it. Um, I'm listed in that directory myself. And so it's a huge directory of people who are not only kink aware, but also BDSM aware, Mm -hmm. poly friendly, Mm -hmm. just generally non-monogamy friendly. And it's not even just therapists. It's like lawyers, doctors, Right. I think even That's like awesome. people who will paint your house. Like I think it's it's, it's like any kind of professional who is like kink friendly or mm-hmm. poly friendly. Uh, there was actually there. just a discussion the other day in the patron only group about uh, poly aware real estate agents. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like looking for a house for maybe multiple partners there to live yeah. in or something like that. Multiple so. rooms, multiple nice. partners. Yeah. Nice. That's really lovely. Exactly. Um, and then the other one, um, Tristan Taormino, who wrote Opening Up, she mm-hmm. created something called The Open List. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find that at openingup.net slash open dash list. And we will put that URL in our show notes so you mm-hmm. can find it. Um, and it's a similar thing. It's a big old directory full of specifically poly and non-monogamy friendly therapists. Mm-hmm. Um my most recent therapist that I found, I found him through that. Through the um, open list. Yeah, okay. through the Love open list. It. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah. But so even even when you're doing these lists, or if you're not, like, you know, maybe there's not a lot of people in your town or something like that. You can look around and don't be afraid to actually just ask them point blank. You know, what is your level of experience with non-monogamy yeah. or polyamory specifically or, or whether you also want to be able to talk to them about kink stuff or you know, whatever it is. Like they're the ones working for you not the other way around like feel free to just ask them those questions be like hey i want to be clear (laughs) polyamory is not the problem i want to be able to talk about these other things Absolutely. and bear in mind that you know even if you can't find a professional in your specific area or town there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people who are willing to do skype sessions or phone sessions so you can find somebody who's maybe in a bigger city or who's more friendly to alternative lifestyles that you can Mm -hmm. reach out to um Mm -hmm. Now, specifically, a counselor that I found a while ago, I really, really appreciated. So I guess I would encourage people to still do their due diligence, even if you find somebody who's listed in one of these um, uh, databases, still reach out and ask them like what their comfort level is working Mm -hmm. with 
polyamorous people. Check out yeah. their website. See what it is that they say about it. Um, what I really loved, a counselor that I ended up going with, um, on her site, she specifically listed, like, I'm comfortable working with people who are in hierarchical polyamorous relationships or non-hierarchical polyamorous That's relationships. Really cool. And that was what I was like, to wow. To show the, like, awareness like, of that. Like, you are so aware yeah. and, like, I feel so comfortable yeah, yeah. That's really being able lovely. to come to you and that I don't have to explain how, like, no, 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 like, I don't have a single primary and, you know, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Um, right. So it is really important to ask those kind of questions of people that you're vetting. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then also in that same vein is to don't be afraid to ask questions and to be clear what kind of support it is that you want. Um, you know, they're, they're the professional. So to a certain extent, you might want them to, to give their thoughts and their opinions. But also if you're in your sessions and realizing that their communication style isn't working for you, like, you know, like you were talking about, about someone who they might think you just are someone who wants to just talk and be heard, but really you're someone who like, no, I want advice. I want someone to give me that tough love by telling that to them explicitly. You know, maybe you've even gone a couple times and you say, you know what? I feel like I'm not being challenged enough. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday. It's great. Right. Yeah. And that you can actually come to them and say, hey, I would like to be challenged more. Or on the other hand, like, hey, you know what? I kind of just want you to like support me and listen a little bit more that, you know, hopefully they are a good enough professional at this that they can be like, okay, great, I can give you that thing you want. Yeah. Like Dedeker was saying in her sessions, she tries to kind of figure out from them, mm-hmm. since most people don't have sort of the knowledge to know which one they want. She tries to figure it out the best she can. But if someone were to come to her a few sessions in and be like, hey, you know what, I would really like more of this. Yeah. Or even, you know what, normally we do this, but just today... I just want to be able to talk Sure. that whatever it is that, you know, she'd be like, okay, of course. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, thank you for actually advocating for your needs and letting me know. Cause it's a relationship as well. Yeah. So you're going to do exactly. the same kind of stuff. Exactly. That you yes. in a regular relationship. Yes. Okay. So what are the preventative measures? Cause we've got some possible alternatives. We understand that counseling together may not always be the solution. Yeah, that was actually, that was something that I learned recently from my therapist that really surprised me is he Mm -hmm. told me that actually in certain very unhealthy or abusive situations, it's not recommended for couples to get counseling together. Yeah, when you said that, that was really interesting Yeah, I know, because he said that sometimes it can teach the person who's abusing, sometimes it's both people, you know, how to do it better, essentially, like how to do it softer, kinder, more gently, more manipulatively, Mm -hmm. instead of very you know, on the nose or beating yeah. somebody over the head with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they actually, for that situation, they recommend people getting counseling separately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know that there are some, uh, you know, counselors and coaches and things who have different policies on that. Some being like, we'll do stuff together, but only if we're also doing stuff separately. Some yeah. will, mm-hmm. some who say, I will counsel both of you, but not at the same time. Like yeah. for them, it's just like, nope, I've found that it's always more important to do yeah. it separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is kind of a whole range there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, um, but I did also want to cover though that not everyone can afford counseling yeah, or exactly. therapy or whatever. It's a privilege, right? Yeah. It, it can be a little bit expensive. It can be expensive yeah. And so we wanted to discuss some. Uh, you know, some alternatives and also yeah. just some other options you might have that you're not even aware well, of. Well, I feel like I, what I've seen recently, I feel like I've seen many more counselors and coaches and therapists offering sliding scale That's pricing right. as yeah. in they will offer a wider range of, you know, if you're in financial need right. that maybe they have reduced a reduced sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they will put that information out there. Sometimes they won't. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't hurt to ask. ask yeah. you know, exactly. Just reach out and ask, like, you know, do you have any kind of incentives or do you offer anything for people in financial need? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can actually be quite 
quite affordable. That's great. Uh, yeah. You know, with those sliding scale fees. Yeah, with the counselor that I went to in Seattle, uh, you know, the, oh, yeah, you the did rock a star trade. one. Yeah, right. Uh, no, 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 no. We, but just I went to her, and at the time I was making like nothing. Yeah. Um, was super broke, and at the time she had a deal that was like. It was $50 a session if you bought three sessions at once. Mm-hmm. Like, she had a little deal mm-hmm. that she worked out. And then after I'd been going to her for a few months, she's like, hey, so I actually can't do that deal anymore because I found out it's illegal to, oh, like, shit. sell counseling sessions oh, in advance. Wow. Like, somehow in Washington, that was not wow. legal. interesting. And so she's like, but I'll keep giving you that price. Oh, so there's nice. also, like, kind of once you're in with someone, yeah. once you have a bit of a relationship, they can also... Oftentimes, I've found will work with you. That's too. great. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, for people who don't necessarily want to go to counseling right mm-hmm. now, or maybe they really can't afford it, or maybe their partner really doesn't want to, things like that, right. there, of course, are plenty of things that you can do to make sure that your relationship stays healthy and that yeah. you're still doing maintenance on it. Right. What are some of our favorites? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but Scrum, one that is incredibly important to me and that I know to the two of you. Um, the, you can check out our Agile Scrum episode, episode which, which I think was 97 or 8. I, I think was it's like, 97. Wait, 97, 98, yeah, yes. something around there. Um, basically what that is, though, is is a monthly check-in that you do with your partner, and you can do this in multiple relationships. Yeah, creating a safe space. But it's having a specific structure. Exactly. Rather than just like, we're going to talk once a month. Yeah. It's like, we're going to go through this specific step by step thing about yeah. figuring out what, what we want our relationship to be yeah. like. Um, what um, else? Like we talked about early in the episode, uh, connecting to community yes. can be a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And most of the time free also. Yeah. You know, if you can find a local poly meetup, uh, either offline, you know, where, you know, where you're located or online also, right. you know, mm-hmm. that's why like we really encourage people to join mm-hmm. our Patreon community, not because it supports us, but because like people do find they can actually connect to a community. And we yeah. do have a lot of yeah. people who people. don't have a local poly community, yeah. but if they're sure. able to it's find small that. Town, it's, it's, yeah. They've just moved yeah. somewhere where there's exactly. not as much yeah. of a community. Exactly. Yep. You know, you can do things like communication workshops or any other kind of personal development work, mm-hmm. like meditation or, yeah. you know, take an NVC workshop or right. things do like yoga. that. Do yoga. Right. Go work out. <laughs> Let off some steam. Yeah. Well, like like Dedeker does a lot of meditation retreats yeah. that are you yeah. know like long. So you just went on a ten day retreat recently. Yeah. Uh, something that I think a lot of people might not realize because they're used to the more commercialized retreats. But like, how much did that ten day retreat cost you? Um, technically, it could have cost me nothing. Right. Yeah. Wow. So so I did this ten day meditation retreat, and it was facilitated by some Buddhist nuns mm-hmm. specifically, and they're not supposed to charge for giving retreats or giving oh, wow. teachings. Like right. the idea, the whole idea is that in exchange for the community taking care of them, like feeding them, yeah. they give the teachings. Mm-hmm. And so like for their retreat, they only required a deposit of like $150. Right. Some of them, the deposit is like $75, yeah. which you can get back at the end of the retreat if you want, or right. you can donate it to them. Right. But that's $150 for 10 days for of room and room. For 10 days of room That's, that's yeah. amazing. And, <laughs> and, you know, like an awesome safe space where I don't have to worry about anything, essentially. Yeah. Right. So, so actually, if you do a little bit of research, Especially mm-hmm. if you do look into specifically Buddhist-run yeah. retreats, you can mm-hmm. find some that are very accessible and affordable. Yeah, that's right. amazing. Yeah. yeah, so if you just need some kind of an excuse to get away, mm-hmm. not be on your cell phone, and yeah. not, yeah. you know, whatever Sounds it is, great, yeah. <laughs> right? Cheers. Yeah, and also just continuing to practice like safe communication habits within your relationship, mm-hmm. um, kindness, halt. 
Yeah, yeah right. things like that. That it, just so that it doesn't continue to like fester bad habits. Yeah, within your I think relationship. I think like the through line, especially for people who do choose to get counseling as a preventative measure rather yeah. than when there's a problem, exactly. is that it, it's bringing that intentional focus and intentional thought and intentional mindfulness to your relationship. For like sure. we're not just doing this on autopilot. You know, it doesn't matter if we've been together six months or ten years that yeah. we're still crafting our relationship and we're still yeah, we're still working on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. And also, um, just just to, to cover this because we didn't quite get into it, but there are you might be surprised at how many local polyamory meetups there are in your mm-hmm. area. You might yeah. think, uh, you know what, we don't have a community, but try checking on places like meetup.com. Yeah. Or, you know, or even on Facebook, you or might start be able to your find own. something. Or For start sure. your own. Yeah. We had some guests on a couple years ago yeah. from Arizona who from my hometown. Yeah, who from Tucson, Arizona, yeah. who who they went there and they're like there's a little bit of a poly community, but they didn't really identify with it. It didn't quite fit with yeah. them, so they made their own. And within like a year, they had, you know, like a hundred people showing up yeah, to meetups awesome. and stuff. Yeah. Super cool. So it is, there are, there are ways to do it, even if you think there might not be. Um, and then also don't be afraid to try a few different ones. Yeah. Maybe you have to drive a couple hours to get to one near you, but if it's only once a month, it might be worth it For just sure. to have people to talk to, right? Yeah. Have people who, who get it, who understand it, or also to see people who are good role models. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right? Like it could even, especially if you're new to it, I think that, uh, you know, just being able to see, wow, look, there's people that are happy doing this. Yeah. <laughs> especially if you're in that transition phase going from monogamy to polyamory, which For can sure. be can really be rough. really rough. Yeah. It can be difficult. Yeah. But to see like, hey, there's people that have made this work. Yeah. There's people that are okay. happy. Even just that can be really affirming and might yeah. be exactly what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, where can the people find us if they want more of this good, good stuff? <laughs> if you want more of this good, good stuff, good, good. you can check out our website at multiamory.com or you can find us, of course, on you know iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to come across us just now. Uh, also, we're on Facebook, Multiamory, patreon.com slash multiamory if you want to be involved in the community and get in the private Facebook group as well. We're on Twitter and we're on Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us sometimes on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're all over the place. Just Google multi-amory and you'll probably find probably some, run into us. some places. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you so much. Uh, and if you want to send us emails to info at multiamory.com, we do read all of the emails yeah. and we love hearing from you, whether it's just some encouragement, positive feedback, whether it's some criticism, yeah. uh, get that sometimes, or if it's a question about, hey, this is something that's going on. Maybe that will inspire us to do an episode on that topic yeah. or um, or we might just write back to you with some resources or things to look at. All right. So thank you all so much. See you guys thank next week. You. See you next week. Bye.